This is Garden Variety, a horticulture podcast from Iowa Public Radio and Iowa State University Extension and Outreach. I'm Charity Nebbe. Iowa has felt like a blast furnace over the past few days, and many of our lawns are looking worse for the wear. But things are cooling down, and that means it's a good time for lawn repair. Iowa State University Associate Professor of Horticulture and Turfgrass Specialist Adam Tomes is here to talk about late summer lawn care. We'll also talk a little bit about lawn robots. Hello, Adam. Good morning. Wonderful to have you here. And yesterday when I got in touch with you, you said you'd been outside watering your research in the heat. I mean, this is a really tough environment for turf grass, isn't it? Yeah, it's less than ideal. You know, we have cool season grasses up here and they typically like anywhere from 65 to 80 degrees for temperatures. uh, And we're well above that. So not ideal. And uh, we've talked in the past about how turf grass tends to go dormant in the heat. We've had extreme heat already this summer, and then things were quite cool and lovely for a while, and now we're back to extreme heat. What does that do to lawns? Yeah, that, you know, the the um, prolonged periods of drought and the high temperatures, they stress the turf for sure. And so, um, you know, it's okay to allow the turf to grow to go dormant, the worst thing you can do is start watering the yard and then stop and then start watering it again and bring it in and out of dormancy because that burns up its food reserves and eventually the turf will stress out and die then and give up. So uh, you kind of have to make a decision there on what you're going to do and go with it and stick with it. Are there any turf grass diseases that have been popping up because of these conditions? Yeah, the you know we've had really, really high humidity. And so if you get up in the morning and you go outside and look uh, with the high temperatures and high humidity, uh, especially if you have ryegrass in your yard or tall fescue, you might see some brown patch. And those are, you know, kind of um, large patches in the yard that are kind of brown colored. They look funny. Uh, Pythium is another one. It looks like if your yard's covered in cotton, um, that that is a disease that kind of has been moving through the area. Uh, The good news is we're you know, going to change our weather pattern here and get rid of some of that humidity. And so that should stop the progress of these diseases. And then you should be able to recover back out of those this fall. Do you have to do anything or does it just recover on its own? Uh, you know, if you have a lot of pythium in your yard, you might actually see that would kill the turf in spots. And so you might have to add some seed back in those spots. Um, the one thing I would caution is, um, don't get out the hose and continue to prolong it. So don't water at night because uh, that's going to continue to keep that humidity level up. So try to water in the morning if you're you know, continuing to try to keep your yard alive during this. And even though the heat is easing, today's still going to be a hot day across Iowa for a lot of people. I know it's important to think about um, there are things you shouldn't do with your lawn when it's really, really hot. And, and one of those is you shouldn't be out spraying weeds, right? Yeah, you know, most um, herbicide labels say that you should not spray weeds above 90 degrees for temps. Uh, The other thing is even the weeds are kind of shut down right now, so they're not going to take that herbicide up. So, you know, don't grab the the herbicide. Don't go out and spray that. The other thing we say is um, preferably don't go out and aerify your yard today um, because, again, that's that's an added stress. So if you can try to avoid that today— uh, and do that next week that you're going to be in a lot better shape and you're not going to overstress your yard. 
It's still it's hard to, for me to imagine anybody saying, you know what, today's the day for yard work. But um, <laughs> I suppose over the weekend, people will start thinking about it again. Um, we always tell people when they say, hey, I need to grow grass seed in my yard. We say, wait until mid-August. So with a blast of heat like this, does that kind of delay that window for planting? You know, next week looks to be a perfect time period to get the grass seed out uh, and you know, start to put it out. So we always say between August 15th and September 15th, obviously we had that really high temperature this past week. So um, I think starting next week, you're going to be in a really good spot if you put out some grass seed. Uh, hopefully we can catch some rains and, and your yard, you know, that grass seed will come up quickly uh, and it doesn't have to fight all the weeds like if you've tried to seed in the spring. So it's a really good time. That window's open right now to reseed your yard and kind of fix it. Well, you just mentioned competition with weeds, but what are the other elements that make this the right time of year for for seeding or overseeding? Yeah, you know, a lot of the things in the spring, if you seed, you're waiting for the soil temps to come up. Obviously, the soil temps are, they're perfect right now. So you are looking at that. Uh, The other thing is, you know, you've got cool nights, but they're not worried about frost for this next period. So those seedlings can come up. They won't get hit with frost here, you know, for a while yet. So that's a good thing as well. Uh, and then typically, you know, we don't hit the heat of the summer. Uh, that starts to go away. So the seedlings won't have those issues as well, as opposed to if you were to seed in the spring. And we've talked a lot about alternative lawns over the past months. Um, if you are trying to create a more diverse lawn, is this the right time to seed other things too? Yeah, it's uh, probably a little early for some of the more natural type plantings that you would put out. Um, they normally say to wait a little bit longer into the fall on those. So if you're going to add those in, uh, you're going to want to wait on those a little bit longer, more like early October. All right. And so you're talking about native grasses and, and plants when you... Yeah. Yep. All right. All right. Let's talk about other late summer chores or early fall chores that you might want to do in the lawn. You said don't aerate when it's really hot, but aeration is on that list, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, aeration is a great thing to do. Uh, and fall is a perfect time. Again, you know, the next couple of weeks, especially if we get a rain or something like that, uh, that's a perfect time to aerate. Uh, again, that's just going to open that up. Uh, it'll heal back in really quickly with the temperatures that we're having coming up in the next you know month or so. So that's a great thing to do. Well, and waiting uh, for some is, rain might be a good idea because I, I mean, I know that, that about half of Iowa is getting rain right now, but a lot of areas are still really dry and it can be like trying to aerate cement if you don't wait until there's a little moisture, right? Yeah, exactly. If you can catch a little bit of moisture with it, uh, it's the aerator's going to pull a better plug for you or poke a bigger hole in the ground. And so that's a more more bang for your buck as far as that goes if you're doing it. So that's, you know, if you can catch a little moisture, that's always good. What's the benefit of aeration? Uh, you know, the biggest benefit there is it allows oxygen into the root zone and it also will capture the water. So instead of the water sheeting off your yard, especially if you're in a new construction that water is going to go down into the yard and into the soil. Let's talk about fertilizer. What's your um, window for that? Yep, fertilizer. um, You know, again, in the next two weeks would be a good time to start to get out some fall fertilizing, uh, thicken up the grass that you have there. So that's a good thing as well. Uh, Again, if you can time that with a light rain, that always is good. 
Uh, and we always would like to see you use a slow release as opposed to a quick release fertilizer just because it's better for the environment. All right, let's talk about robots on the lawn. This is something that we are seeing more of. Tell me what's available for homeowners out there. Yeah, there's you know many different brands out there of robots. Uh, the biggest things that you have to decide is a lot of the robot manufacturers basically make you bury a guide wire around your property edge, uh, similar to like you know if you had an electric dog fence or something like that buried. Uh, but there's companies out there now that you just uh, drive the mower with your phone around the outline of your property and then it mows everything inside of it that you tell it to. So that's you know the biggest difference there. Uh, and then the other thing is. Some of the companies now allow you to mow in a pattern as opposed to the random, like the early versions. Right. So, so the, early, the early versions were kind of like Roomba vacuums where they would just kind of ping pong around the yard until they were done, right? Yeah. And now the the newest versions, you know, you can actually mow a pattern or a diagonal and, and that's important to a lot of people. So uh, it doesn't have that random look to it anymore. It has those straight lines throughout it. Have you been trying these out, Adam? Yeah, we have a couple of them at the research station, uh, and we've been running those this summer, and um, we've been really impressed with them as far as that goes. One of the um, kind of fun things about it is, um, you know, if someone goes out to look at it, they'll pick it up, uh, and your phone gets a text message immediately that it's off the ground, uh, (laughs) and so you know where your mower is. Or what it's doing. <laughs> what what kind of terrain can a robotic mower handle? I cannot imagine it could take on my lawn, but uh, <laughs> like, what kind of lawn could benefit? Yeah, it's you know mostly a flat yard. Um, you will get a message if it gets on too much of a slope. You know that it's uh, on a steep slope and it's worried about itself. So <laughs> um, typically. 10, 15 degree slope is about as max as it will it will handle. All right. And what about obstructions in the yard? Can it handle a swing set, a trampoline? Yep. So again, it depends on the mowing company. You'll have to do your research on the mower that you buy, but you can uh, mark out areas that it shouldn't mow in. So, you know, if you have a flower bed or a garden, uh, you'd mark out that area and drive it around there. Or if you'd had a guide wire, you'd have to bury that um, and it will stay out of that. Uh, swing sets, things like that. It will. Uh, the one thing that it will do is if it runs into, say, a toy, um, it will immediately shut off and it will send you a notification that there's an obstruction. Okay. So that's a good safety. Uh, it's very good feature. about that. Yeah. Um, they're fairly new. Do we know how they hold up over time yet? That's what we're trying to learn more about: uh, is how they hold up over time. And the other claim that they have is because they mow every day, uh, they return their clippings back, so they should theoretically need less nutrients. And so we're curious about that long-term as well, and that's what we're looking at. They're they're running every day? Is that what you just said? Yeah, yeah. They, they go out and they run every day. Uh, they take down uh, smaller amounts of turf is what they mow, um, and that's because their blades are basically little razor blades underneath there, uh, and that's a safety feature, you know, so it wouldn't hurt anything if anything actually were to get near it and the safety didn't shut it off automatically. So it it can't handle as much clippings as what your gas powered mower would. Sure. And I assume these are electric electric and and recharge overnight. 
Yeah, these are electric. Um, they, they run very, very quietly. Uh, in fact, most of the time you don't know that they're running. Uh, so a lot of times they'll mow in the evenings. So you never even really know that they're out working. Uh, and that's, that's really nice. What's the price ballpark these days? Uh, there's some that are as cheap as $1,000. Uh, and then depending, you know, if you want to mow three or six acres, then you're talking in the five to $10,000 range. Fascinating. Adam Tomes, Associate Professor of Horticulture at Iowa State University. For more gardening information and tips, subscribe to our Garden Variety Newsletter. You can find out more at iowapublicradio.org slash garden. I'm Charity Nebbe. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Garden Variety is a production of Iowa Public Radio and Iowa State University Extension. It's produced by me, Aaron Style, Caitlin Troutman, and the Iowa Public Radio talk show team. For more garden goodness, please subscribe to our Garden Variety newsletter. Just go to iowapublicradio.org slash garden. I'm Charity Nebbe. See you next time.